What is the Xbox expansion pass? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, hello. Greetings. I am 343 Guilty Spark, monitor of Installation 04. Greetings to all of you reclaimers here on Xbox Expansion Pass. <laughs> Xbox Expansion. Welcome one, welcome all to episode 106 of the Xbox Expansion Pass, recorded on Sunday, October 31st, 2021. I am your host, Luke Lore, the Insipid Ghost. In this episode, I'm joined by Randolph Thor 19, the man with a million here to know the calm before the storm ahead of Forza Horizon 5 and Halo Infinite. We'll take a look at that campaign overview for Halo Infinite that was shown ahead of the Xbox 20th anniversary, and it is sure to bring plenty of celebrations. We'll have our predictions for that and more in this episode. Enjoy. Yet another week of gaming is upon us and behind us. Welcome to XEP, discussing all things in the Gamerverse as they pertain to the Xbox ecosystem. And as I want to do each and every week, I like to start the show by offering words of kindness to those who have made my gaming week better. And this week, the words of kindness go to a content creator I've watched for years, the man with a million, Mr. Randall Thor. How are you, sir? Thanks for having me on, brother. It's uh, it's finally exciting to get to talk to you. We haven't podcasted much together, I think one time. Mm-hmm. And so I'm finally on XCP, and uh, I can't wait to uh, talk about all the great things that you've put together for this Halloween Sunday. It is a Halloween Sunday. We've had a lot of spooky game questions over the past month it's been a blast and i have thoroughly enjoyed kind of diving into them uh for sure but i think it would be i would be remiss if i didn't ask you to uh, regale the listeners with how you got your moniker the man with a million i think that's the coolest story and i love hearing it every time and i hope you'll indulge me and tell it once more Sure, yeah. Um so during the 360 era, I got well, you could say I got obsessed with achievements, obviously. Um <laughs> so I have a million gamer score, but the story is I ended up meeting uh through some of my friends, uh the head of Xbox Phil Spencer in 2015. And we played Halo together and we continued a friendship and we would play a whole bunch of different games together. And one day when we were playing Halo Halo 5 Legendary with uh, Tim Dog and like Southbound and a couple other guys, mm-hmm. Phil kind of casually said, man, wouldn't it be cool if you could come to E3 and break a million gamer score on my stage? And I, And everybody was like, oh my God. And I was like thinking to myself, oh man, that would be so cool, right? Like, that's everything I would ever dream. Mm -hmm. Um, And so he kind of said it, and I was kind of thinking like, I would talk to Tim, and he'd be like, do you think you really meant it? You know, kind of like going back and forth with myself. And Mm -hmm. he said, well, why don't you just email him? So I emailed uh, Phil, and I was just kind of like, hey, you know, you mentioned this. Is that something you would like to do? And he was like, you know what? Yeah, like, let me bring this up to my team and we'll discuss it and see what happens. 
So about a couple weeks later, he got back to me and said, the team loves the idea. Um, I'm going to get you to put in touch with some people that are going to oversee this, but I can't wait to see this moment for you at our, you know, on our stage. He's like, it's not going to be on our stage, but it's going to be during an Inside Xbox episode. I'm like, cool, that's amazing. So, Luke, one of my dreams was to go to E3. Mm-hmm. And this was before they opened it up to fans where anybody could go. Right. And um, I think Xbox has just started like doing fan fest at E3 where the fans would get entry to uh, E3. I think they started in 2015. So I was getting ready to break a million in 2016. And Phil was like, come to E3. You're going to have the badge. You're going to be able to go. And I got into fan fest and that's how I was able to get in. Uh, so like one of my dreams was accomplished here. I was at E3, the show floor where, you know, these conferences I've always watched since, you know, every year, right? Like watching all my favorite, uh, journalists or whatever, when they would talk about like Adam Sessler on the show floor or or Jeff Keighley, when they'd be like at those little boots talking about the games, like, that's what I want. I wanted to experience that one time in my life Mm -hmm. and I was able to go and, uh, they had uh, Xbox PR had prepped me to um, break it with Halo Five, and it was a really short segment where I just you know those that sh- those one of those short levels where it was like two minutes long. You just kind of walk sure. to the end, yeah, and or the end of end of Ori, which you know the end of Ori can be a little difficult, right? Mm-hmm. And they said they wanted to do Halo, so I'm like, cool. So we go to the inside Xbox recording where I would I would break it. And they're like, yeah, we want to do Ori. And in my mind, I'm like, I'm not prepared for this. I'm not prepared. I prepared to just walk in Halo. I'm not prepared to actually do the end escape segment in Ori. And um, we did it. Took some time. Uh, recorded it. Hit the million. And then later on, uh, there was an interview with Phil where I got to quote unquote meet him for the first time, even though I'd met him the night before. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah, like it was that was it was done. It was amazing. I was like the fifth person in the world to break it, and yeah, that's uh. So like, I started calling the, myself the man with the million in my videos, and it kind of stuck. That's so cool, man. That's so cool. And then you know, it, it has stuck. Are you still? Now, I I think I know the answers to this, but are you still like chasing achievements, or is is that phase of your life gone? Where do you stand on on that now? No, I don't go after achievements anymore. That that. I've kind of, it took a while to wean myself off of it, kind of like any addiction, really. Mm-hmm. Um, there are games where I look. I, I mean, I still look at all the achievement lists before I play a game, but there used to be that compulsion to actually get every achievement in any game I played. But now I just don't care uh, yeah. as much. So I get what I can get and I move on. So I don't know. It's kind of a weird cautionary tale because I definitely was addicted to getting achievements and I some and I would have to get every achievement in a game I played. Um and that took a while to actually break out of uh you know like I would feel a certain way about playing a game and not getting an achievement or all the achievements in it but eventually with some time I just kind of overcame that I guess and sure. now you know playing Gardens of the Galaxy I'm before you know playing Gardens of the Galaxy I would have a collectible guide up gotcha. if it had collectibles right mm mm-hmm. mhm and you can make maybe maybe make the argument that it would ruin a playthrough where you're constantly always checking to see where the next collectible is. Sure. And I would do that for every game that had collectibles. I have ruined a few good games by doing that exact thing, and I had to wean myself off of, of that practice, at least in some ways, for sure. 
yeah, so this time playing through Guardians, if I find the collectibles, great. If I don't, great. And it's no big deal if I don't get them all. If I don't get all the achievements, like I'm, it's just, I don't know, I've been doing it for so long that it kind of became a part of who I was that mm-hmm. it just was, yeah, it was, it was difficult to wean myself off of. But yeah, I don't, I don't go for achievements anymore. There's so many of these indie games that come out that you can get really high gamer score in like two minutes that you can complete. But sure. That's not me anymore, man. You know? Yeah. yeah, I know exactly what you mean. And for me, it's a matter of uh, how much do I like the game and how fair is the achievement list? You know, that's kind of where I've fallen down on it because I don't want that two minute, you know, 1K. And I also don't want that, you know, five year Gears of War, seriously, 3.0, 10 gamer score type thing. Yeah. You know, there's a balance somewhere in there for sure. Uh, I'm curious. Uh, I reviewed Guardians and I had all the same complaints and celebrations that Every other reviewer did, but when I had to give a numerical score for season gaming, I came in lower than a lot of other people, despite really liking the game. Uh, how are you enjoying it? Uh, I haven't played it that much. I think I'm on maybe chapter four or five. Okay. Um, but from what I played so far, I, I quite like it. I will say one of the one of the complaints I have is the combat isn't as engaging as I think it could be. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, like the way it looks. Uh, the story it's telling I'm all in on that aspect like I think it's it's an incredible story that they're doing and I did not expect the game to be this good Mm -hmm. I just kind of I just kind of wish the combat was just a little bit better as I'm not really just a fan of running around locked on to an enemy use it you know holding right trigger as as star lord to just dump my ammo into an enemy and like maybe dodging and stuff. It's not the most engaging combat system I've ever played, but I really do like the game though. I'm glad to hear that. Cause after, you know, sometimes when you play a game in isolation and then you take a step back from it, have a little bit of time, you reflect on how you, how you truly feel about it sometime later. And I think you'll find that the combat gets better as you gain more abilities and the, the trees are very easy to level up. Uh, but I've been thinking back to a lot of the game that I critiqued and things that I liked about it. Uh, and I think like I'm, mentally, I'm really high on, on a lot of it. And I think I also like these guardians far better than their MCU counterparts, which I was not expecting to do. So I'm, you know, we'll see how that lands. Yeah. It, it was a little bit, uh, overwhelming to kind of get used to them when I'm so used to the Chris Pratt and the Dave mm-hmm. Bautista versions of right. those characters. Yeah. So it was kind of weird at first. But yeah, the more I've gotten to play it, the more I actually do care for these characters. I think uh, it was Gamora and Drax that I, in hindsight, realized that I really like them a lot more than their MCU counterparts. And then from there, the rest grew on me. But it did take, you know, a 20-hour game to do that. Whereas, you know, in their in the film versions, you have, what, four to eight, depending on if you include, uh, you know, the, the Avengers movies as well. But uh, yeah, I hope you you enjoy it and you round through it because there's a lot of great gameplay in there uh, for sure man that's awesome very cool well man we've got uh, a couple things to talk about on this list the 20th anniversary of xbox is fast approaching and it feels like we're in a calm before the storm uh, so to speak forza and halo are the two big guns that are kind of looming over the xbox community not a lot of big uh, xbox news this past week but we did get uh, the much waited for campaign reveal for halo infinite or re-reveal i think is fair to say uh we saw a new version of craig we saw some updated gameplay some incredible visuals 
Uh, I was really high on this this unexpected campaign reveal uh, that launched, by the way, right after I launched my episode of XEP. So I was sitting on that for a week, uh, which was funny. Uh, what did you think of this gameplay reveal? Um, yeah, I, I liked it for the most part. Um, I <laughs> it's a campaign overview, right? Right. So I know a lot of people were maybe expecting a epic trailer to kind mm-hmm. of give you the, the the sense of the story, but this wasn't that. This was kind of more like these are the things kind of that you are going to be doing in the game in a quick six minute trailer. So some of the things that I kind of noticed were the game looks much improved. Mm-hmm. from when they showed it off in 2020 and that's clear as day mm-hmm. uh i really dig the cinematic camera they're going with for this one there's reports that they were kind of following god of wars 2018 god of wars uh one shot camera mm-hmm. that it would kind of swirl around chief and then go into his helmet when you know can't when the gameplay would start and it definitely looks more cinematic in that regard than previous halos um I saw a GIF. I apologize for interrupting you, but I saw a GIF that was suggestive of that same camera as well. That it looked like it was it was making that exact angle to go right into his suit, and then it cut short just of that as well. Yeah, um, same one. I did. I I know. I think I know exactly which one. When he jumps out of the pelican, lands on the Mm -hmm. ground, it looks like the camera going to be pulled right into his visor, and you be playing. Yeah. Um, I also really dig the equipment. I think the equipment that they're using, the grapple hook, the repulsor, the uh, uh, light shield, especially the grapple shot, grapple hook, grapple shot. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's going to change how people play Halo. We already know it changes the multiplayer in in a great way. It makes it more fun. It makes it more enticing. Like It's not just static where the enemy's coming at you straight down the hallway or whatever. Like Somebody could be getting an extreme angle on you because they have that pickup. Right. Mm-hmm. But in the campaign, I'm, I'm thinking of like different ways to attack enemy fortifications, uh, using the grapple hook to get into, you know, quick angle to get somebody or grapple right to somebody as the trailer showed. Um, so I think the campaign is going to be, I think the campaign is going to be a lot of fun. I'm interested in seeing the secrets of the story. Like, what happened to Cortana? As you know, she is quote unquote bad now after the ending of five, which spoilers, sorry if you haven't played a six year old game at this point. Right. Right. Um, so I am wondering why she's missing and why she has that purple color that she had in the very first halo. It doesn't look like she looked like in the last game. Um, and who is uh, like the, uh, I think that the character at the end, the, the forerunner, harbinger of truth or harbinger of pain whatever they're like what is that all about you know are the flood in this in this so there's definitely some cool uh secrets that hopefully we we find out by playing it which has me interested um but i will say like there are some questions and concerns that i do have one being around how much of this game is halo by ubisoft i guess Mm. right Okay, so you're in the camp that you saw the map and you were a little trepidatious about it. It's not that I saw the map. Because obviously in an open world, a semi-open world game, you're going to have map and you're going to have side quests. Mm -hmm. That I was totally expecting. Like, yeah, it makes sense that Chief would go out and maybe save some Marines, right? Like, I expected that. Sure. It was just weird to see a stronghold or keep, as they called it, and be structured so much like Far Cry. 
and I love Far Cry. I'm someone that absolutely loves Far Cry. I think it's so much fun to play the guns they give you and like all the, it's like basically just a sandbox and they're like, Hey, go, go play this how you want to play it. I think it's a lot of fun. Right. But the, I guess the formula has definitely worn itself down after all these iterations. Mm -hmm. So to see it in halo, it's interesting, but also a little bit of a concern because it's like how much of the time you're going to be spending playing the game is going to be taking over these strongholds or keeps or doing side content versus how much of it is going to be carefully curated story levels. Right. right? Sure. And so that's where my concern is. It's like, how many of these keeps are we going to like, I guess it's basically is like how much of the gameplay time is going to be inflated because they expect you to do these side content. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's my only real concern I have. Like, I can't wait to play the game and get into those keeps and kill all the brutes and covenants and mm-hmm. upgrade. And then I even mentioned the upgrades, like you can actually upgrade master chief, uh, improve his grapple, sh- grapple shot, uh, improve everything that he's using, I think is cool. My concern, and it's just a concern. I mean, it could complete com- completely unfounded, but it's the one thing I, d- I did notice was that like, okay, what's the, uh, is it going to be mostly, side content in the world to extend the gameplay time instead of finishing like you can halo five in five hours. Sure. Are they adding a whole bunch of stuff here in the open world to make sure that the game is 12 hours long Mm. and they don't really have a lot of single player story moment content. That's my concern. I don't know if you feel the same way. I don't think I, I don't think I do though. I I share the concern. I don't think I weight it the same way. If that is to say that, if the crit path is still available for players that want to do it in like a, a five to eight hour run, I think that's absolutely fine, right? Like Halo has become very linear. Wherein, if you go back to the you know Halo, Halo One, far more open world esque, right? For the technology of the time, I don't have the nervousness about the map at the moment because I didn't see uh, Far Cry or Witcher Three level information on there. And I think having the pilot and the pelican will likely move you from area to area, biome to biome. I I saw as as a lore buff, I was excited to see named enemies when mm-hmm. he was going through. And I remind myself that Arkham Knight had checkpoints to clear, very much, very, very much like Far Cry, at least in in premise. But in practice, it still felt very Arkham. So I'm trying to use that as my my counterpoint. I think mentally because it was still Arkham. It still had that Arkham Asylum gameplay through the the course of that trilogy, but it it kind of evolved. I will say that I am tired of the Ubisoft formula making its way to everything with the caveat that when people play and buy Far Cry 6, they're doing just that because they want more Far Cry and why wouldn't we want to give that to them? The question will be, will Halo fans take to it? it? They were in need of a reinvention, a reinvigoration. They were in need of something that somehow stayed Halo for the fans of old, but was new for the, the fans of what is, uh, what is to come. The younger, uh, younger fans Rand last night, we had trick or treating a little bit early and I was dressed as master chief and a kid. And I'm so serious. This is not a joke. Really said I was that guy from Fortnite, just like the <laughs> meme. He really said that to me. He really said that. And it, I mean, that's the meme, but I How's was like, no, feel? man, How it hurts so bad. It hurts so badly. And I, <laughs> I, 
I couldn't believe it. And he was dead serious. I was like, no, nah, man, this is Master Chief. Halo. He's like, yeah, but he's in Fortnite too, right? I was like, yeah. He goes, well, I know him from Fortnite. And I was like, that's fine. That's cool. Yeah, I did I did see your pictures. You you dressed as Master Chief, <laughs> right? And it's I think yeah. that's hilarious that some kid who doesn't know any better, right? Obviously yeah. not old enough to to experience Halo like we were. Right. And he's just like, Yeah, you're the dude from Fortnite. That's that's hilarious. It's sad it when you think about so it like bad. that. But then you understand the power that Fortnite has where you mm. and why other companies would love to put their properties or IP in Fortnite. Mm-hmm. because you have this this young audience that really doesn't have any sort of connection to a lot of these things that we do. So it's just funny that it's like, it's like are you in Fortnite? And, you, and I can imagine you behind the mask being like, oh, man. Uh, like, you're just like, this is, no, this is wrong. This is the meme come to life, and it's not like being said in a sarcastic way. Right. That It really was the meme come to life. And it it reminded me of the feeling I got when people said that, you know, the first Star Wars was the Phantom Menace. And I'm like, what? Because I grew up on, you know, the, the originals, New Hope, Empire and, and Return. And so it was just it was that same vibe. But but to go back to, to bring the point back, um, somehow, some way they have to find a way to appeal to both groups and get people in. And they're doing a lot of stuff on the multiplayer side that that man, that multiplayer flight. I really enjoyed uh, mm. the two flights that I played. There's a lot of good stuff there. And I think that made me all the more excited for the the campaign overview that we saw, because to me, it, it really did feel like a re-reveal, which is how I think of it. I mean, we saw Craig, we saw Craig mm. in a different way altogether. And with a funny little like verbal, you know, and returning old friends, you know, and then chief went to work. There was a lot of stuff there that I think they've got They've learned some lessons 343 has because I love 4 uh, a lot. I really like 4's story. I like a lot of 4's gameplay. The enemies are a little boring. The, but the gameplay in 5 had a lot of evolutions that were really good, but it never felt Halo. They got to find a way to nail that, you know, and it, no. this yeah, might right. be their way. This might be their way to do it. How do you feel about the, um, since you're a big, a big Halo fan like I am, mm-hmm. how do you feel about essentially this being the only Halo game we'll get for foreseeable future the next 10 years they said they have a 10-year plan right Mm -hmm. and Ah, i know it makes sense from a business perspective all the big games are free to play the fortnites the apex legends the war Mm -hmm. zones right and it makes sense like i understand it's a business at the end of the day right so halo's this huge property of course it's going to be free to play and like it's a live service like literally every other multiplayer game Mm -hmm. i get it i get it from microsoft's perspective but as a fan, um, how does it make you feel? Are you talking about multiplayer campaign? Well, I guess we'll go with the campaign. Since we're talking about the campaign, how does the 10-year plan for the campaign, like, are you worried at all that the campaign is going to be, not have a true ending, and it'll just be like, tune in in a year from now for the continuing adventures of Master Chief on Zeta Halo. That's you know? it. That is a great question uh, because they are challenged with now. Uh, they built this new engine. They, they went to work at what the core of Halo was, and they now have to seemingly wrap the Reclaimer saga, somehow handle a lot of story elements like the Return of the Flood from Halo Wars 2, whatever. Nobody played that, and don't pretend like you did, people. I love that game, but we all had to research who Atriox was. Not we, but... Uh, I am curious how they're going to balance the banished, how they're going to balance the flood, how they're going to balance the created. They have these new enemies, the harbinger of truth. 
they had the didact was killed off in the comic books from Halo 4. And then there's there's a lot of story elements that 343 just hasn't quite landed. And in making a platform like Infinite, they have a delivery service to tell a lot of different stories. But that first one out the gate, the first one that we all play, when that thing launches into Game Pass and when people are paying $60 for it, when they're booting up their Xbox Ones to their Series Xs, logging on the cloud, that campaign needs to be a complete experience. The player needs to traverse through however many hours, I would hope eight to, to eight or more, so that they feel like they're really there. And then it needs to have a beginning, a middle, and an end. No cliffhangers, no, no anything in that first one so that players feel fulfilled. And then from there, uh, they've got a lot of places they could go. Because of all those story elements I mentioned, there's a lot of stories that could be told. And they can also go about telling other stories that are not Master Chief re- relevant. But that now is not the time for those. Right now, as they said in the opening of that overview, it's always been about Chief and Cortana. And they need to tell a start-to-finish story first. And after they've landed that first one, Rand, I'll be feeling good. Because yeah. I, I'm excited to find out. I don't think Atriox is going to be featuring heavily in this one. I think it almost he's seems like Atri- It almost seems like Atriox is dead. Doesn't I it? don't think he's dead. I don't think he's... Well, I, I've read Shadows of Reach, and he's still very much alive in that book. Um, and But there's some timeline jumps that this game has done uh, ahead of a Halo Wars 2, ahead of Shadows of Reach, ahead of uh, Halo 5 Guardians. I, I don't know. It's He certainly... Thanos in this one and I don't think we see Thanos much here but Cortana's oddly out of it there's a lot of ways that they could take the story and I mean in the background I mean I forget which uh 343 employee confirmed it there's a crashed guardian so perhaps the banished have not only defeated the UNSC but they've handled you know Cortana's forces there's a lot there's a lot man yeah I mean the reintroduction of the flood right Mm -hmm. if they if they do that but that's the other thing is like is the reintroduction of a flood something that will happen at the end? That That's what I'm con- so, con- like, no, nah, I wouldn't say concerned because Halo Infinite's my most anticipated game. It's been the whole enti- this whole year. Yeah. I have been waiting with bated breath to play it. In the multiplayer, we've all played it, right? It's amazing. Like, 343 has recaptured what made Halo Halo while also bringing it to the modern times, right? Yeah. Um, the campaign was always the question mark for me because... I'm of the opinion four was really good and five was just not good at all. Um, right. So I was kind of like, okay, and how is that going to fit in working on this big open world that they want to do? But then mm-hmm. also as a platform, like what stories can you tell? Because I would assume it's not just going to be, here's the story and that's all you're getting for the next 10 years. Right. So my concern was, okay, are we actually going to have a proper beginning middle and end to this whatever story they're trying to tell and then somehow maybe have a hook for season two or whatever Mm -hmm. for the continuing adventures of master chief um like is the flood coming back at the end at the very very end like say you beat whoever is the big baddie here and you find out what happened with the cortana and you're putting all these things together and then the flood make their reappearance and that's where it ends and you know the next time you're playing a year two years from now the flood are going to be there. Like, how would you feel if that was the case? I'd be fine with that because in recent years, we've seen this done successfully uh, with the MCU's version. Like they had Thanos at the end of the first Avengers, but they beat their big bad in Loki. Right. And that made sense to me with halo. 
they've seen with Sea of Thieves that they need in order to get content rolling for a big platform style game, they need three, four, uh, even five teams simultaneously working in cadence with a release schedule. Uh, I think they might try to mimic something like that. And so I'm fine if the next campaign is a year out, but because it literally does say campaigns uh, under the infinite platform on, I believe it's Waypoint. Ainsley was telling me about it from, from, and so he was saying it's campaigns plural. I'm fine with that. I'm also fine if they deviate from Chief uh, here and there, ODST style, Fireteam Raven style, uh, doing some some things like Halo Reach is one of the best Halo games ever made, and mm-hmm. that doesn't really feature Chief at all, uh, save for a little cameo. And so I am fine if they deviate from that, but this first story out the gate has to be complete. And I'm fine if they tease, uh, you know, more to come as long as the story wraps up. You right. know, as long as that story wraps, I'll be happy. But if they try to put me on an edge like they did with Spartan Ops, which I like the idea of Spartan Ops, it just didn't execute um, at the time. And they tell a story that is bloated and incomplete. And then it's like standby for season two or whatnot. I will then be upset. That would be different. That would frustrate me. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I am happy about, and I don't know if you are, but it, it definitely seems like there are no more Forerunner enemies because I hated fighting those in 4 and 5. Yeah, they they have some of the coolest weapons. They do. And they have some really neat designs, but then when you fight them in mass, it's very boring. Oh, the Prometheans, right? The Promethean Prometheans. Prometheans, yes, yes, exactly. Okay. Uh, yeah, they were not fun to fight. Uh, which is a shame. And then, you know, in five, they made some mistakes. Halo has always struggled with boss fights. There've been very few Halo games that have bosses and the warden eternal in Halo five really let down uh, in, in a lot of ways. And I'm curious to know what these named enemies that they, they kind of showcased briefly, how they're going to handle boss fights. Are they going to take the, the doom eternal approach, you know, where you're fighting the God, I forget which one it was, but it's that big slayer that made everybody frustrated. Uh, the the Spartan killers in Halo look kind of like a, a doom enemy in some ways. I'm really curious to know how that's going to play out because if I feel like I'm fighting mini bosses, that's sweet as long as it elevates to something. And then what am I doing? Am I doing an escape run off an exploding platform? You know, like the old Halos. Am I fighting a big bad like in Halo Five? I just don't know how they'll handle it. Um, but I will say the year break does fill me with some hope. The game certainly seems to have improved a lot visually which it needed to be a showcase the gameplay felt sublime in those multiplayer flights which puts a lot of my worry to ease and to bed um and the other part is halo does need to be big rand but xbox and halo used to be fully hand in hand i think the studios are moving in a direction where we've there's going to be enough under the xbox umbrella that if halo doesn't land or it has an off year or something everything's going to be okay at least yeah, that's my no. thought. No, I mean was... everything will everything will be okay if even if Halo doesn't do well. I mean Forza Horizon 5 is coming out really soon and we all think it's going to be a great game because Playground Games doesn't know how to make a bad game, right? So Not yet, that's for sure. Know, and they have the Bethesda in the waiting and you're right. This probably would be a more bigger thing if Xbox still had the five studios they had most of right. last gen where like everybody's waiting for halo and it comes out and it doesn't. And you're like, Oh my God, well, what's left? Well, what's next is like all these other games, you know, you have mm-hmm. Jess Corden out here talking about project Shaolin and project Belfry and 
Wu-Tang games and all these different things. And it's just like, this is something, you know, that as Xbox fans, we all wanted, we all wanted more games. We all wanted, you know, big games, like really good games. And it definitely seems that Microsoft recognizes that and they're building more. So you're right. So if like Halo comes out and it's just okay, it definitely won't torpedo the brand or anything like that because there's still more to offer. However, I, I still feel like, I still want Microsoft to take that next step where I don't want to think it's okay for them just to put out an, an, uh, an okay or mediocre release. Like I want great games and I'm, I know you want great games and yeah. I think that's how Xbox, you know, because when you look at the perception people have, and as we know, perception can be reality, like go back to 2013 DRM, all that stuff. And then even though Microsoft got rid of it, a lot of people still believed that they had it right. And right. it was perceived to be the lesser console. And right now there's that perception that Xbox has no games or Xbox can't make great games. And the only way to really fight that narrative is to actually release high quality games, which they've done this year, Luke, they have like, you look at Psychonauts 2 game of the year contender, right? 88 M Metacritic Deathloop, an Xbox game was the last PlayStation exclusive released that game. Wild critics probably will be a game of the year nominee. Microsoft flight sim came over. 90 on Metacritic. People love it, right? Yeah. Um, Forza Horizon 5, maybe going to be a 90 Metacritic game as well. Like, And then good. you have Halo. So like, they are making those steps. And then you look to next year, Redfall, Forza Motorsport, uh, Starfield. And you can be like, okay. And then 2023, Hellblade, your Avouds, Perfect Darks. And you can see the future. Mm-hmm. It looks so good. But I still think that Microsoft needs to... Like, Halo is that linchpin that... like. A lot of people will look at Psychonauts 2 and they'll be like, well, that's a game of the year contender, but it doesn't capture the imagination or have that mainstream appeal that something like Halo does. Sure. Halo will be everywhere. Yep. And I don't know about you. I am sick of people saying Xbox has no games or has no good games. So to me, I feel like it's imperative that Xbox shut that narrative down by releasing high quality exclusives on Xbox Game Pass, all that stuff. So while I agree with you that if Halo Infinite doesn't hit, it's not, you know, apocalypse for the brand, mm-hmm. but I do think it would go a long way to putting that perception and those memes down if Halo Infinite was a return to form, the return of the king, you know, reviewed Certainly. well, people loved it. And I think perception around Xbox would maybe even change overnight. Well, there's a lot going in its favor, and our mutual friend Lord Cognito often says it takes just one before mm-hmm. that narrative goes away, that one banger, that one hit, that one Metacritic landed uh, exclusive. And it's quite possible that Halo Infinite is that, at least based on the gameplay and the previews, it's quite possible that it is. We know a lot of things come together late for a lot of studios around. I mean, God of War came in hot and then multiple delays, but then when it landed, it landed big. Forza Horizon is a proven commodity. And so I don't think no matter how good it is, it's going to change people's minds because it's the fifth Forza Horizon. You know, uh, we, we have to give them due credit for the, you know, in the Xbox has no games narrative. We got to give them due credit for the way that they've handled uh, their acquisition of Bethesda, the way they've handled PC uh, launches and ongoing games like Sea of Thieves, Master Chief Collection. They poured support into those and the numbers support it. But you're right. It's going to take that one big one to really... Uh, shut people down they do need to have halo deliver they need to continue to push back on that narrative of xbox has no games they've done it for everyone in the know 
It's the people that don't know. It's the people that don't listen to shows like this. It's the people that don't uh, do anything other than have a conversation with their friends or check social media from time to time uh, by Call of Duty once or twice a year. And it will take it will take something dismantling the Fortnites, the War Zones, the Apexes to do so. And that very well could be Halo this time. And that's an optimism that I do not have out of you know f- my fa- nature as a fan. The game was really that good. Call of Duty's on the decline. Vanguard's having a lot of struggles. Activision's having a lot of struggles. Battlefield's not looking strong uh, to launch. And Fortnite's numbers are in decline. Apex, I think, is is pretty stagnant. So there's a chance that Halo really could come in here and turn some heads. And not to mention, it's available in more places than any Halo game ever has before. PC, cloud, and console. Multiple SKUs of consoles at that. There's a chance. There's a chance. But but to all the titles you listed for the future as well, the Xbox has no g- games narrative it is quietly subsiding. And when it loudly does with that one big hit, it's going to be a huge momentum shift uh, to, to go on to what's already snowballing quite well. Indeed. Yeah. It's finally, I mean, it took, it took a while. Like you gotta, Phil had to basically turn around a gigantic uh, ship. You know, we all know like that takes forever and uh, you know, it was hard to do with just five studios. Now they have 23 and it seems like every week, whether it's Jez Corden or Jeff Grubb, Venture Beat, like they're finding new games that our Xbox is working on, and who knows what others, you know, we don't even know what Compulsion's making, um, or like what that new game from the Coalition is that isn't Gears or coming before Gears Five. It's like, man, the future looks so good, but like right now, it's like I'm focused on Halo, and sure. I re like being such a Halo fan as I am, like I wanted it to return. I want it to, you know, like you're sitting there and it's just like, oh, imagine if Halo was three, four, three. It's like you killed it with the single player in four. You killed it with the multiplayer in five. Like, let's put it together this one time and actually have a killer campaign and an amazing multiplayer and just be the return of the king that everybody wants, especially in a year, like you mentioned, not a lot of hype around Call of Duty Vanguard. Mm -hmm. In fact, this is probably... I can't imagine. I can't remember a year where people were this down on a new Call of Duty, and then even still, Battlefield as well, new Battlefield. But even you know some of the enthusiasm around that is a little bit tempered. I thought like you know when they originally revealed it, it's like oh that's going to be a competitor. But then people played and it's like uh, eh. like could this be the actual like the opening that Halo needs to regain its footing? Um, It'd be definitely interesting. I, what do you think about um, Dr. Disrespect's comments about it not doing well if there's no Battle Royale in the multiplayer? I think that's spoken by a content creator who made his name in Battle Royales and mm. makes his name in competitive-style multiplayer. Uh, and I think that feeds into a lot of it. His content is dependent upon that stuff. And if Call of Duty is in decline, if if kind of the other stuff that he makes his name on are in decline, he needs to make a bump for himself in the halo space now specific to to halo and battle royale um i think halo could have an incredible battle royale i think there are so many options for odst dropping into an area and and you know different weapons coming in calling in different power weapons and vehicles being available there's a lot they could do with that you know do you fight in teams do you fight in duos solos there's a lot of really cool halo-esque uh options built into 
the gameplay styles built into the lore with a lot of the Spartan trainings they used to do uh, in the books. I mean, there's a lot of cool stuff, but does Halo need that? No, I don't think Halo needs that to survive. I think that certainly couldn't hurt and there's no reason to to avoid Battle Royale. Like some people have this diehard, it, it does or it does not. And I'm like, shoot, if it makes Halo something that people want to play more of, I'm there for it. I'm happy to do it. I enjoyed Call of Duty Warzone for a little while, and then I moved on because it, it didn't stick with me. But I was glad it was a thing, and Warzone certainly proving well to, to do well for Call of Duty as a franchise. But Battlefield tried it with Firestorm, and it bombed. It did not land. Yeah. That, so, I, and I'm a huge Battle Royale fan. Like I played Apex Legends for 100 hours. I played Warzone for like 200 my most played game of last gen is PUBG. I put 900 hours into that and I have some really good memories playing with my guys and I want Halo to be a battle Royale as someone who enjoys battle Royale. I would love for Halo infinite to have a mode. I understand like it doesn't necessarily need to be there at launch. Like let them focus on, Oh, we need to make sure four V four is great and plays good and big team battles. Great. Right. But as they've said, it's a 10 year platform. So is it I mean, possible you, you get a you get a battle royale a year from now, two years from now to kind of re-engage the audience? I think I I, I could I could totally see that happening. But, so could I. So yeah. could I. and they have to have the Sea of Thieves approach of like three, four, five teams working on stuff, right? We we it didn't if 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 memory serves the Master Chief Collection group has faded out. Like they're they're on their last season of content to shift to work on infinite. Am I correct in saying that? Do you remember um, hearing something like that? I think so. Although I'm not hundred percent sure on that. Well, nonetheless, if they've got a team working on, uh, the next campaign, a team working on for the campaign after that, a team working on current multiplayer stuff, next multiplayer stuff, keeping all of the stuff in, in sync, checking out new modes, modes for multiplayer. If they truly want halo to be a thing and a platform, then they need to go all out. And it seems like they're doing that with infinite as a pro as opposed rather to the previous strategy, which was create halo five, create the Spartan ops, Spartan strike, Fireteam Raven and the stuff that's around it, Halo Wars 2. It seems like they're going all in on Infinite, land that shot, you know, deliver on that one, uh, and then from there build outwards. It feels like they're going inwards as opposed to outwards with it. Um, I would love to see a Halo Battle Royale. I really would. I would play the mess out of it. Um, I just, as long as the focus is on maintaining what Halo is at its core, and I really feel like they've done that. When I played those those multiplayer fight flights, I should say, that felt like Halo, and it also felt modern, and that was sweet. And then when yes. I saw the this this overview, I was there for it, man. Like watching that wasp drop in and flying over this huge area, I was still into it. And I mean, basically, it sounds like what we're going to be doing is going and clearing anti aircraft stuff so your Pelican can get through, and that's how you're going to clear checkpoints. There's upgrade stuff there. If they stick the landing, it's going to be special. And if it misses, you know, books are going to be written about this launch and what they did with this year delay and how other companies, third party, Call of Duty, Battlefield, etc., didn't delay things when they should have. Books will be written about it. Schreier is going to be drafting something right now or it'll be on a no clip documentary or something like that. And I'm very curious to know if the, the move paid off. But all inclinations for me say it has and it's looking good. I don't know. That's... When do you think we'll actually see a trailer like that was an overview like a trailer do you think we get it at the 20th anniversary that's that's what 
I've heard from other people who who say they know you and I had a, had a funny conversation about insiders, but the people that that's what I'm seeing circulate, right? I know nothing special. I don't know any deep things, but it would make sense. It would make sense because they're launching the the a lot of the celebratory Series Xs and controllers and things like that. It would make sense that you would have that because it's meant to look back on the legacy of Xbox and what's more legacy than Halo. And uh, maybe they show some new things for Infinite there, a new trailer, get people hyped. Uh, and then ahead of that December 8th re- release, which, I mean, that had to be a tough choice too, to delay all the way into December, bump, you know, put themselves out of contention for a game of the year or spotlight somehow. Uh, they really must have needed the time, but everything we've seen is that that time is paying off. I think you have to see it at the, at the 20th anniversary. How could it not be then? Right. I mean, 20th anniversary is Xbox and Halo, right? So I would hope so. Uh, I definitely, I definitely want to see a really cool, like trailer, trailer, epic trailer of like what you're going to be going through in the campaign. Like I want to see that. So I'm crossing my fingers and hope that we get it uh, during the 20th anniversary. You know, and and the timing lines up because we got this overview last week. Forza coverage removes from embargo fairly close to to its launch but then you have to think this they wanted to clear the way so that forza could have you know the occupying of media right media sites would be covering forza horizons launch have the early month early weeks of november and then around the 20th anniversary allow it to transition into all the halo stuff they've got coming up and i would expect they've got a lot of stuff coming up they've had an extra year to prepare an extra year of marketing extra year of you know combination events different types of crossovers things like that Uh, i'm expecting that we see halo branded everything uh from here on out starting kind of in that that second week of november after forza horizon launches yeah i agree i agree you know i you when you mentioned jason schreier and the article like you that is definitely something i would want to read what happened last year you know to be on the fly in the wall in those meetings where they're like do we delay this Mm-hmm. How long do we delay it for? Do we split multiplayer from single player? Cause you know, they had those discussions mm-hmm. and to hear about like maybe what went wrong with the development and how uh, the pandemic affected work from home at three. That is a story that I would love to hear. I want to hear that. And I really would love candid thoughts from Joseph Staten because he's such a well-spoken uh, creator and he's a, a proven developer, a proven writer. He's proven, I mean, they brought him in to fix Crackdown 3 so that game could at least launch, right? There's no fixing Crackdown 3, unfortunately. <laughs> but he was there because the thing couldn't it couldn't even be launched, right? Also, I always forget his name, but he it was Staten and the guy who now works heading up Flight Sim. Uh, those two basically were brought in to make Crackdown come out. But I want to know what Joseph Staten, what decisions did he make? Did he have to say, all right, this is not happening. This is happening. This is not Halo. This is not for them to remove co-op and say it's not happening right now. Forge, not happening right now. They had to make tough choices. They had to make tough choices. And then they had to be in a room after last year's reveal and say, all right, what's not good enough? You know, what is the core of Halo? How do we make it happen? Uh, man, that, oof, I want to know all that stuff. I, that is a dream of mine to sit down and just talk to Staten and those involved and just say, where'd it go wrong? Where was your mistake? As a, as a company, 343, and how did you rectify it? If they stick the landing, that'll be a great story to tell. Yeah, it sure would be. I'd love to read it. Me too, me too. 
Well, let's move away from Halo before we get you out of here. Age of Empires 4 launched into Game Pass for PC. This is a big success, I think, for for Xbox, I suppose, but it's the PC space, so maybe it's not as relevant to the console users. But you mentioned earlier Deathloop. You mentioned Psychonauts 2. This is another win to add on to the category uh, for Microsoft or Xbox game publishing. Uh, Pretty cool to see people taking to that and doing well. No, it is. And, you know, it's interesting because when I was going over the games in my head earlier about the games that Xbox released and done well, Age of Empires slipped, right? Because I don't think of it as an Xbox game because I'm not a PC guy. So when I think of games I can play on my PC, Age of Empires 4 isn't one of them. Mm -hmm. So there is an issue I do have where Microsoft is all about... uh, play the games you want to play with the people you want to play with on the device you want to play. And they do a really good job of that. Mm-hmm. However, it always does seem like with age of empires four and flight sim that sometimes they don't necessarily follow their own guidelines. To me, if, if you're about like the ecosystem is the utmost and all of our games are everywhere, then why is an age of empires four on console? Right. Right. I, and I understand like, it's a PC franchise. Uh, we need to do, we need to launch it there first and, you know, mouse and keyboard, which I think Halo Wars two didn't do as well because a lot of the, the hardcore PC people were like, this was made for controller and that wasn't good. So, or even like gears tactics when it launched on PC first, even though it had a controller support. Um, so these are kind of the experience, like it's weird. Like I'm a huge Xbox fan, but I'm a console guy mm-hmm. and when I think about the games that come out, like I didn't even think gears tactics or age or Microsoft flight sim because they weren't on my preferred device of playing. Mm -hmm. So I hope, and I don't know what the solution here is. Do you delay the release of the PC game of age of empires four until the controller version is ready, the console version and release and, and release them at the same time. But I, that is kind of like a glaring omission to me where Microsoft is all about all of our games are everywhere at the day of release, except for these PC games. I don't know. How do you feel about that? It's a good point. I don't think, I don't think it bothered me because flight sim and tactics and uh, now age of empires, those all feel like PC games, not Xbox games. And your point is well taken about the controller support and when they should be launching I think over time that will go away, but I think they also have a very awkward position in that they have to find a way to continue to, to flesh out and pad out that game pass for PC crowd. That I don't have a lot of versatility. I don't have a lot of knowledge about PC games. That is not my realm, but now Xbox has this umbrella that is meant to encompass all of it. So I think it's going to be a timed thing. It's going to take time for it to change, but your point is well taken. I had not thought about the fact that so many of these games I was thinking from the angle they launch on the console eventually. What's the big deal? But but to your to your mindset, well, they're launching when and where you want to play, but it's only on PC first, and that's a very different approach to it. And uh, hard not to think of it that way when you when you put it in those terms. It's a good point. It's a very good point. Rand. Sorry about that. My dog is going crazy because the trick or treaters upstairs. So I was, I my my mic was muted. So I'm sorry. <laughs> You're good. No, I have trick or treaters starting to to move about my neighborhood as well. Why don't we uh, move on real quick? And I just want to ask 
with with this kind of calm before the storm that will be Forza, the 20th anniversary and uh, Halo, is there anything that you're looking forward to beyond Halo and Forza that you are really excited to play down the line? Um, Just in general or from sure. Xbox or... Anywhere, anywhere you like. Before we get to listener mail, I thought it'd be fun to just look ahead. What is it? I'm oh, looking for Gotham Knights. That's my jam. That's oh, dude, dude. Gotham uh, I'm a big a big Batman fan. So Gotham Knights and even Suicide Squad, like I love Rocksteady mm-hmm. and I'm, and like Suicide Squad looks cool, but like, I don't know what that game really is going to be. It, it definitely seems the trailer that the last trailer they did looked really good, but it was a story trailer. Sure. Yep. But I want to know the gameplay because in that first teaser, they all had guns. Yeah. And it was like, is this game going to be a game where it's four player cooperative? Like, back for blood ish, not saying like it's like a left for dead thing, but like is Rocksteady going from this carefully constructed melee combat system to a gigantic open world where you're going around with King shark and Harley Quinn with shotguns and chain guns. You know what I mean? Right. So exactly. there's some, there's some question marks there for me, even though like I'll be there day one. Um, so I'm really looking forward to, I know this is a Xbox podcast, uh, my number one most anticipated game of next year is God of War. Nice. Um, because I think God of War 2018 is, I, I make this joke all the time because people will be like, it's the best game of last gen. But I'm like, it's not even the best game that came of its year because I thought Red Dead Redemption 2 was my game of the year 2018. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's no Red Dead Redemption 3. There's no Grand Theft Auto 6 next year. So for me, I'm really looking forward to God of War. Um, I, I think it's going to be incredible, but on the Xbox side, um, I really love arcane. I, I, I thought death loop was really good. I've loved dishonored. I love prey. So to me, when Microsoft acquired Bethesda, the crown jewel in it for me, wasn't, you know, Bethesda studios with Starfield or elder scrolls or, it's software, even though I love Doom and Doom Eternal. Mm-hmm. Crown Jewel for me was, oh, I'm gonna pl- I'm gonna get to play some crazy ass arcane games because they're an amazing studio. So I'm really looking forward to Redfall. That's and cool. I know people are like a little down on it because they don't know what to expect from that that CGI trailer. They're like, oh, it's Left 4 Dead with zombies, and then those leaked screens of a playtest came out, and like, oh, it looks bad, even though it's like, well, yeah, have you ever? played a game a year before release it doesn't look the greatest but just the pedigree behind the studio just makes me want to play whatever they release so i'm really looking forward to redfall and honestly i'm also kind of very interested in saints row really i yeah i i love saints row the franchise um and i know there's a lot of debate about what the game looks like now and stuff. It doesn't matter. Like I want the saints to be back. They're back. I can't wait to play it. And there is definitely a lot of games coming out in February <laughs> where some of these are going to have to get delayed. Right. So, right. um, yeah, like Starfield, I'm sure I'll be, I'll definitely like want to play it, but, um, I don't know. I've never been the one to kind of like go crazy over Todd Howard's games. Like I'm not the biggest fan of fallout. Although I do really enjoy Elder Scrolls, so but maybe Starfield with the sci-fi setting will catch my imagination in the ways the other the other ones don't. Um, but we don't know what's really coming out 
towards the end of next year uh as much as we do what's coming out in the early of 2022 so yeah those would be my picks for right now god of war number one by far and then redfall um and stuff like that so what are yours it's gotham knights and god of war are the two that stand strong god of war for me is the best game ever made and so I'm very excited to see what Ragnarok brings. And Gotham Knights, the Arkham franchise, has been my favorite gaming franchise uh, of all. And that's saying something because, I mean, my room is covered in Halo right now. So uh, I'm really excited to see what Gotham does. I know it's not Arkham, but it's meant to have that gameplay loop. And then Suicide Squad, I, I mean, I'm an avid Avengers player, which means... Yes, you, you are. Know, I, I, see you, I see you on Twitter... <laughs> extolling the virtues of avengers i i I give you praise and applause for continuing to talk about a game that nobody else cares about but we all got that game so me and six others are loving that one uh for sure but i think that makes me cautious about suicide squad because there's a lot of the same critiques in the idea of it right like you're a team you're going out you might be fighting robots and and my love of avengers is one that i'm well aware is not it's just it's that game for me i don't know i can't explain it i can't explain it um yeah so that's that's it for me it's gotham knights and it's it's god of war those are the two that i'm most looking forward to without a doubt for next year without a doubt does the gotham knights with it being kind of more co-op focused and numbers popping off of people. Does that concern, does that concern you a little bit that it'll, it'll go away from what made Arkham so special? It does concern me. I, it does not concern me enough to, to be shying away from it. I love Batman. I've loved Batman for a long time. Uh, The comics, the the movies, the animated stuff, everything. I I love versions of that world. And the court of owls has me just very excited to see what happens. And, it, it concerns me, but in the same way that like I'm worried about how does Halo Infinite work in open world. I couldn't be more excited. I am curious. I'm wondering, but I do not think it's going to be bad. So that's where I'm at on that one. Uh, I do have another question about Gotham Knights because it is something I've been thinking about. With you being able to play as four people, you can play mm-hmm. as Batgirl, uh, Robin, who I think is the Tim Drake version, mm-hmm. um, Nightwing, and Red Hood. Yep. Is there going to be some FOMO when you pick a character and you beat the game, say, as Red Hood? Like, you're missing out on some things if you didn't play through it as Nightwing? I do not know. I think they're going to try and encourage replayability like that. I also have heard that they're going to be trying to do some kind of movement where you can transition between characters pretty Mm -hmm. easily. Uh, if that's the case, then I'm down. Like I'm fine with it. I know I Nightwing is the one that I'm most excited to play with. My my buddy Joe is all about Batgirl. I know some people that are just dying to play as Jason Todd. Um, and then the Tim Drake's Robin is really cool. So I'm very curious. I also if they if they allow you to transition kind of Grand Theft Auto style, where it's a button press and then you're you're moving into another character quickly. I don't think you'll have that FOMO. But if it's completely different stories and you're locked out of one from the other i'd be very i think frustrated so it'll be interesting to see how they navigate that for sure like i'm again it's concern but it's not doubt if that makes sense right no yeah i because i was just kind of like well what if i'm playing as batgirl 
And but something really cool happens as Red Todd, and that person who's playing or Red Todd, uh, Red Hood, mm-hmm. uh, has a much better experience. And my experience isn't as good because the character I picked just doesn't have the same moments. That was something I was thinking of because when I was thinking like who I want to play as, I was just like, well, I don't know because it's like you have four characters here that are all great in their own right, but what if I pick the wrong one and I don't have as good of a time with Robin as I could have had with Nightwing. You know right. what I mean? So it's I like, exactly so I kind of sit there and I think like, well, I almost kind of wish it was just a Batman game or if it was just one character again, like we're playing as Nightwing and we're going to experience the story. So at least I know everybody's uh, other experiences are going to be the same as mine, whether, you know, like I picked uh, Robin, but he's the weakest of the characters and I don't like his move set, but I've already played for 10 hours. I'm invested in it already. Uh, the game would have been much better if I played Red Hood. Like that is something I'm thinking about, and I'm kind of worried about choosing one of the four. If, but I, I hope it's kind of like what you said, where you can kind of GTA Thanks. it and maybe plays different characters. Um, right. I hope that's the way it is. I do too. I do too. And and we just don't know enough. But I'm I'm all eyes forward on it for sure. That's I mean I'm I'm just I'm hopeful. And and for a lot of this stuff, I think we would have found out far more had the kind of the pandemic development cycles not extended uh, and whatnot, because I was expecting more from DC fandom. I saw a lot of stuff I loved, but I was expecting more uh, from it. So, I mean, those are questions that remain needing to be answered and uh, short term, we've got a lot to play, but long term and the scheduling and whatnot, I'm curious what holds where, you know, I agree. Yeah. So let me get one or two listener questions. Cause a lot of people wrote in and they all want to hear from, from Mr. Randolph Thor. Uh, that's for sure. And then I know we've both got trick-or-treaters around in and around us. Uh, this one comes from Dano. He says, uh, in jest, he says, can you ask Rand how it feels to be co-host on Jez's podcast? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, yeah, no. that's kind of a running joke we yeah. have on the Xbox, too, where <laughs> um, basically it's Jez's show, and I'm just I'm just Randall Chop Liver. You if, know? If, if he wakes up. There have been plenty of times where he's slept through uh the opening and you guys have or you've been waiting around for him i've gotten a few chuckles out of the xbox too for that for that reason yeah but usually you know jazz will break some stories on Mm -hmm. the show like we talked a lot about uh i know we're not talking about this episode but project shaolin and project belfry and you know jazz had broke project typhoon which became contraband and he was Mm -hmm. one of broke project dragon which is the rpg mmo ish game from ion interactive right Mm-hmm. and usually people will source the podcast and they always say Jez Corden's Xbox two, but no mention of me at all, which isn't a big deal. I, I, I'm not looking for, for any sort of fame or spotlight. I just, it's just a funny thing. Cause it's just, it's so true. It's like Jez Corden. He is authority because he's windows central. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And who is Randall Thor other than some just, lowly youtuber you know how youtubers are we we <laughs> clickbait every title we put ridiculous thumbnails out there and we say whatever we want because we have no integrity right so it's like you know so it's that joke of it's jez's show and i'm just i'm just there i'm just right. a dude you know so right yeah, it's, there are a few xbox insiders rand uh jez is certainly one of them and not a lowly youtuber those exist i think we, we talked about that earlier or before, prior to recording Man, the ones that that will latch on to like a, a pause for Jez to get a sip of water, and they'll be like, "He paused, it's on," and then it's the full <laughs> thumbnail. Oh man, those those are the ones that crack me up. Uh, let's see here, other stuff that we should ask. Uh, Boozy the clown, terrifying, terrifying name. 
Uh, mm. Best game you've ever played? I said it was God of War for me, for sure. Any? What's the best game you've ever played? Ever played? Like ever, mm. ever? Ever, um, ever. I mean, last gen, Xbox One gen, Red Dead Redemption 2 is my favorite by far. Um, Arthur Clarke just nailed, or John, I forget the name of the actor now, but uh, Arthur Morgan, who, whoever did the the voice for him just killed me. Like, it was so good. I, I love that game so much. And I wasn't really excited for Red Dead Redemption 2 because I'm like, who cares? It's a prequel. But I love that game so much. Um, Ori in the Will of the Wisps, I adored. It's probably my favorite Xbox game of last gen. And then, like, I look at 360, something like Bioshock 1, when I played it the first time, just overwhelmed me with... Because I had played it a week before reviews were out. Because I, because I, I, if you remember, Kmart sold it early accidentally, and I, I was do. able to get an early copy. So I was playing the game before reviews were out. So I didn't know how good or how bad it would be, and it was the most incredible, one of the most incredible experiences I ever had. And then the twist happened, and you know, I didn't know there was going to be a twist because it, like I said, no reviews were out. So that game just literally stunned me. It was one of the best pure gaming experiences I've ever had right that's cool um so yeah like it's it's tough for me to like pick an overall favorite but if i had to i would probably say final fantasy 7 the original cool um they need that remake to make its way to xbox i think a lot of people would would re-dive into final fantasy i i love final fantasy 7 i i play i've played it like six times uh it's one of the reasons i got a playstation in the first place um, so it would be that Halo two, the multiplayer, like that consumed my life for a year. So there's definitely games out there, but if I had to pick one, it would probably just be final fantasy seven, but I have different games for different generations, you know? So certainly, certainly. Well, that's awesome, man. Rand all Thor 19, the man with the million host of the Xbox two. It's his show. Everyone for sure. Yeah, it's my uh, show. Not just <laughs> Thank you for joining me, man. This was an absolute pleasure. It was far too long in arriving, and it it has made my day to have you here. Uh, please tell people where they can find your content, uh, what they can look forward to with your content, uh, and of course, plug all the socials. Oh, well, thank you, Luke, for having me on. It was an awesome time chatting for you for a short amount of time, like only an hour. I'm used to podcasts going two to three, and we could probably podcast for two oh, to three if we wanted we absolutely to could. talk about everything um but yeah i mean i do my youtube channels youtube.com slash randall thor 19 i try to make minimum one video a week two videos depending on what's going out and i'll make as many as like whatever there is to talk about uh but every week we try to do xbox 2 uh which is a podcast i do with jess corden sometimes it's friday sometimes it's saturday because you know our schedules don't always kind of fit in together so you know, you have to kind of look out for that. Um, but yeah, I mean, we got November coming up. So Forza to talk about 20th anniversary and whatever's going on there. Uh, I saw Ryan McCaffrey teasing something for tomorrow, um, which I would imagine is an IGN first because it's the beginning of the month. Could mm-hmm. he have landed Halo Infinite preview for IGN first? Ooh, so that goodness. might be something to look forward to tomorrow. Um you know, I'm kind of interested in seeing what the VGA nominees are going to be for game of the year, which I think we'll get this month, right? Or in November. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's a lot of things going on. And if you want to know about Xbox, like that's what I talk about on my channel. So 
I would love to have you uh, drop by and uh, check it out if it's your thing. Do so, guys. It's an absolute blast. It's an absolute blast every time. Every time. Uh, did you mention your, where they can find you on Twitter? Well, you see, though, I don't really mention Twitter because I was like, yeah, you can follow me on, at Twitter. Doc, you know, but my at is Rand underscore AL underscore Thor underscore 19. It's always a mouthful to say it because mm. Twitter doesn't allow spaces. Right. So I never really, you know, say it. So I always just plug the YouTube thing because I don't want to always go through Rand underscore underscore underscore. So, um, yeah, but y- you can find me there. Just search Randall Thor 19 on, on Twitter. I'm sure you'll find me. Rand, thank you so much for joining me, man. Yeah, thank you for having me. And I'm sorry if you, anybody heard my dog. I got a big uh, English Mastiff. He's like four years old and he goes crazy when kids are around. So I was trying to mute my mic whenever he would bark, but it's Halloween and there's kids everywhere and he goes crazy if people come by the house. So I apologize if if you guys can hear my dog. My Shelby's downstairs barking at me to come see her because I have to go out there and join my wife as well. So I think we'll sign it off there, my friend. Thank you.